Perak Vav Mishnah Vav. Continuing the theme of the Nadunya, the Mishnah opens up with a brief introduction that there's a Takanas Chachamim, that if a father dies and leaves over a daughter which is not married, then the brothers, that her brothers, right, the father's sons that inherit the estate, they're obligated to marry her off and provide the Nadunya for her. And our Mishnah is going to teach us that the regular bare minimum that we discussed previously of 50 zuz for the Nadunya won't suffice in this case where the brothers are providing the Nadunya on behalf of the deceased father. So the Mishnah says as follows, Yisoma, an orphan, a Yisoma Katana, an orphan which is a minor, that her mother or her brothers are marrying her off. Even if it's Midaita, she agrees to the, to the marriage, right? If she's a minor, technically, they can marry her off against her will. But here she's even agreeing. And they write in the, in the Nadunya, they write as a Nadunya either 100 or 50 Zuz as a Nadunya. So not just the bare minimum of 50 Zuz we mentioned in the previous Mishnah, but even they write 100 Zuz, right? But still, the aim of Nadunya this is not the Nadunya, the dowry, which is befitting for her according to the Tachan of the Chachamim. Says the Mishnah, when she grows up, when she becomes a Gadola, an adult, She's permitted yadan to extract from their hands, from the Yarshim, from her brother's hands, Mash that which is befitting to be given to her. What's that? The Gemara explains that Rebbe says that the Yarshim should be providing for her for this dowry a serious, a tenth from the Nechasim, from the possessions of the Yerusha that they received, that are found in their hands at the time of the wedding. A tenth of that she has the rights to extract for her Nadunya. And we explained already earlier that why we're we saying that she got married at Midaita, meaning it's a Chiddush. Right? When she's a minor, she get, they can marry her off. The brothers and the mother can marry her off against her will, and certainly to her will. But the Chiddush of the Mishnah is that even if she got married off willingly to this you know, man, whoever she was marrying, marrying, that a dunya that she receives is still not enough. And therefore, she's able to come back and extract more. She can extract a tenth of the possessions. That's what she's, that's what she's entitled to. Even if she forgave, you know, the brothers originally when they didn't provide enough. It doesn't matter. Her mechila is not a mechila. Why? Because she was a katana. She was, she was a minor at the time of the wedding. And therefore, her mechila, her forgiving is nothing. So basically, whether the brothers or the mother married her off against her will, right, or they married her off and she was, you know, totally good with the wedding, right, she's always able to come back and extract more from them because according to the Takanah she's entitled to a tenth of the possessions as her, as, as her in a dunya. And 50 says or 100 says won't cut it. So that's the point of the Mishnah. Rabbi Yehuda, um, Rabbi Yehuda says, if he see ya, if the father married her off during his lifetime, before he died, as a Basari Shona, the first daughter, and then gave the first daughter X amount for the dowry, and then the father dies. And now the second daughter is getting married by the Yarshin, by the brothers. They're marrying her off. So Yinasi and Lishnia, the brothers will give to their sister, this orphan, Kederach Shonasa, like the father gave Lishona to the first one. So Yehuda holds, that the Yerushim will, you know, post him, they'll set up the dowry for this Yisoma according to the Omei Das, to the estimation of what the father gave for the first one. 
The father was alive when he married off the first daughter. Now the father is not around anymore. How much did the father give to the first? He gave X amount. So let's assume we'll give X amount to the second daughter, and therefore they can just take that amount and apply it for the second daughter when the father is not around. However, if they can't figure out what the father you know, would be giving, then even Yehuda will hold that she would receive a tenth of the nechasa, tenth of the assets. So that's Yehuda's opinion. The Chachamim say, Pa'alim she'adam ani v'hashir, o asher v'hani. So the Chachamim, sometimes a person is poor and becomes rich, rich and becomes poor. What does this mean? Meaning, we're not coming to say over here to, to, to someone that was poor and became rich, right? Because in this case, even if Yehuda is going to admit that if he was rich and then he became poor, we don't force the Yarshim to give according to what he was giving when he was rich to the first daughter when he was alive, right? No. Rather, the Kavanah of the mission is as follows. That someone became rich and poor by his das, by his knowledge. Meaning, the Chavanah said like this, you can't bring a proof from the first in the dunya that the father gave when he was alive because and then apply that same amount to the second daughter when the father is dead and the brothers are marrying her off because sometimes a person thinks like a poor man and sometimes he thinks like a rich man sometimes his you know his mind is open sometimes his mind is closed and therefore he could be giving one to the first daughter who says he'll be giving the second to the second daughter the same to the second daughter or the, or the other way around Meaning, it could be, by his first daughter when he was alive, he was cheap on her, even though he could afford it. And now that he's dead, and the brothers are estimating what we should give, don't just mimic what the father gave when he was alive. It could be if the father was alive now, his, he wouldn't be so cheap and he gave a lot more. Or it could be the other way around. He was generous with the first, he'll be cheap with the second one. So basically, a person in his own mind can go back and forth. He can be rich in his mind, the poor in his mind. Right? He can be cheap, he can be generous. We can't give a coin to what the father would have estimated. Rather, the Chachamim hold. Shamim has called you evaluate all the possessions that the Yerushim inherited in the state. The Nosnim Mayerusha and the, the, the Yarshim give a Nidunya to this Yasoma Kivimasha Royli Nasin Labit Labasha Baal and Chasam Kazah. According to what is befitting to be given to a daughter that's, you know, part of an estate like this. And you just have to use your Seichel and evaluate, look at the estate, look at this daughter in the estate, and give to this daughter a Nidunya according to that which is Bechavadik for the daughter according to the estate which is at hand. That's the Chacham's opinion. So we have various opinions on how to evaluate this. And uh, that's really it for Mishnah Vav. Alright, Mishnah Zion. Mishnah Zion will be the last Mishnah in the parak. So with this we'll conclude parak Vav. If a person gives his money in the hands of a shlesh, in the hands of a third party for his daughter, to purchase you know, for her a field or a nedunya, a dowry, you know, for when she gets married. So he, try, he entrusts the money with a third party. And the father dies. The Omeris, and she says to this third party, after she's ready, Miss Arsa, after she gets engaged, she says, Hey, Mr. Third Party, Naman Bali Alai, my husband, my fiance, my husband is believed to me. Arusi Naman, my the Arusa, my husband is, is trusted to me. She asked Ma Shatsiva Abba that she that he will do that which my father commanded, 
and therefore go ahead and give him the money. Says the Mishnah, The shlish, the third party, should do that which her father commanded him. He can't just pass the money to the chassan, to his son-in-law. Rather, he should do what the father-in-law commanded him to do. These are the words of a mayor. And the reason the Gemara explains is the mitzvah to fulfill the words of the dead person. Even if he commanded this third party when he was a healthy man. Because we know that by a chola, by an ill person, we have this concept of that the words of a the words of a man on his deathbed, the actual words are as if they're written and given over in stone. So therefore, whether he was ill or even if he was healthy, the point here is that there's a mitzvah to fulfill the words of this deceased man. And therefore, the third party will first fulfill the words of the deceased man and buy for you know this daughter whatever is necessary and that's just pass it along to her, uh, to her chasen. Rabbi Yossi, says, Is it not just a field? Meaning, Let's just say the money wasn't here anymore. Right? Rather, there was a field that was purchased. Say the third party bought a field for this, for this daughter. And the money's gone. Now she wants to go ahead and sell this field and take the money and give it to her husband. Right? We look at the field as if it's sold right now. Meaning, immediately she's permitted to sell it, right? And then the money goes to her. There's no purpose in buying the field by this third party. Yes, he bought it for the girl, but there's no point of it. Because she could sell it right now, take the cash and give it to her husband, right? So therefore, therefore, we listen to her, right? Let this third party give the money over to the husband, to fulfill the words of the father. So again, if the third party bought a field for her, she could sell, take the money, give it to her husband, right? So even if he didn't buy a field, she could take that money, give it to her husband, and the husband will fulfill the words of the father-in-law. That's Rabbi Yossi's opinion. And the Mishnah continues, One of these words said that Rabbi Yossi will argue with her mayor, by an adult. An adult that is engaged, if she got married, even her mayor is going to hold that, of course, Shishomala will listen to her. Why? Even the father, he didn't have the intent to give her the money, to give the money in the hands of a third party, rather, up until she gets married. But when she gets married, the husband can eat the fruit of whatever this woman has. So, one of these words said, this this is all bigadola uba'oda arusa by an adult that is still in her engagement state. Because if she got married, even her marriage is going to hold, they will listen to her and she receives the money and gives it to her husband as she, as she wants. If it's a minor, even if she got married, even if she got married, her actions are nothing. Meaning, even if the field was purchased already by the third party, she is not permitted to sell it. Therefore, even according to Abiyosi, we will not listen to her. What the third party do, like the father had commanded him, and that's how we would um, come out. And the Lacha actually will follow Reb Meir, and we'll hold it over here. We conclude Parag Vav, and we'll hold it over here for today.